The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Our guest on today's show, John Davis, had a near-death experience at age 21, an event that changed his life. John says that ever since, he's been describing his experience to everyone he can get to listen. His NDE is fascinating for its detail, and he's here to share it with us today. John, welcome to NDE Radio. Hi, Lee. Thank you for bringing me on your show. I am so excited and such a pleasure to be here. Well, I think folks will be really interested in... in uh, hearing the description that uh, of your and near death experience now just to uh introduce that um you had a moped accident yeah. and then they were going to operate on your hand and the anesthesia they gave you um hit your heart and stopped your heart for 3 minutes that's exactly correct that's exactly yeah. what happened and i can i can start right from there it'll save save me a little bit of time that would be yeah. great Okay, excellent. And, and interrupt me because I know I have a tendency to talk, so just interrupt me if you have any questions for me at all. But after I was, I had never had any anesthesia before, so I didn't know I was going to have any kind of a reaction. So just like you mentioned, when they sent it through my artery or my vein, it stopped my heart. So when I, it's almost like when I closed my eyes in the operating room, I opened my eyes just a second later, and I was in one of the most beautiful, extraordinary buildings that I had ever seen in my life. And it was at that point that I knew that there was something going on because I wasn't in the hospital anymore. But this building, and try to picture this with me if, if you can, it was a, a large marble building, like a hallway or some kind of a corridor. It was all white marble, absolutely pristine and completely clean. It was just beautiful. To the left there were these doorways or tunnels that looked like a normal door, but it was a little bit wider and a little bit taller. And there were thousands upon thousands of these doors that were heading down this corridor or this column. Right in front of every single one of these doorways or column, there were tables. And again, they were marble, beautiful white tables and each side had a, a seat, a marble seat, like a oh, just a, just a place to sit down. It was just a, like a almost like a a picnic table, but it was made out of marble. Mm. And to the right of that table, all the way down for as far as you could see, were these beautiful columns, absolutely just gorgeous columns. And there again, they were white, very much like you would see in Roman architecture or in Roman paintings or even like the Parthenon in Greece. Mm-hmm. And there was a voice that was telling me everything that I was seeing. And because I, I didn't know what I was seeing, but there was a voice telling me what I was looking at, what I was seeing, where I was going. And every building that they took me to, they took me outside first. So I saw it from the outside, and then I went inside to see it on the inside of the building. Well, what this place was, this first one, this first building, 
was called an orientation center. And the voice said to look in one of these doorways. So I looked in one of these doorways, one of these columns, or one of these um, uh, doorways or hallways, and it was like looking into space. It was absolutely beautiful. You could see stars, and you could see galaxies. And what I found out, do you know how a normal, uh, like what you'd say, like a normal, typical NDE is when somebody dies, they go outside their body, they go down the tunnel, but no one ever describes what happens when they get to the end of the tunnel? Well, when I got to the end of what happened is when I had my experience, I passed all of that completely, and I Mm -hmm. went to the other side. So when people go through the tunnel, what happens is they come through these doorways once they pass. And that's what I thought was so absolutely incredible. And then what happens, each one of these tables has counselors. And the voice told me that these are counselors who help people orientate themselves once they pass from a lifetime. And kids don't need that. Younger people don't need that because they're so fresh from the other side or from heaven. But people that have been here for for decades and have lived a really long lifetime may not remember. And that's what these counselors do. They help people reorientate to the other side simply by explaining that you've finished your lifetime, you've come back home again. Well, the voice said, look to your left at the first tunnel. So I looked to my left at the first tunnel, and there was a man who was coming through. And he had his right hand holding his left chest, like what you see people do when they have a heart attack or they have chest pain. Well, the voice told me that this man had died from a heart attack. He had gone through the tunnel, and he was following the white light. And when he came to the end of the tunnel, he comes, or we all come to these doorways. Well, one of the counselors stood up, she walked over to him, and she grabbed his hands and hers, and she walked him back to the table and sat him down. And I could see her talking to him, but I couldn't see what she was saying. And this must have gone on for, it seemed like, a couple of minutes. Well, all of a sudden, the strangest thing began happening. This man began changing from a man who was in his 80s to a man who was in his 30s or 40s. And the voice said, that's how we all appear in our 30s or 40s. It was just absolutely extraordinary. And I could see this, his visage change right in front of my eyes. Well, when that was done, when he changed back to the way he normally appears on the other side, He stood up, and he walked off to the right. Remember I said they had those big, huge columns on the right side of these tables? Yes. Off to the right side of the table, there were three steps down that they would walk into this garden. And it was the most beautiful garden you can possibly imagine. If if you can think about those English gardens where they have all the flowers and the green grass and everything is so completely kept up and beautiful, that's what this garden looked like. Mm. But what happens is every time somebody comes through those tunnels, they finish a lifetime, 
they sit down with an orientator if they need to, to be reorientated about where they came from. Because you come from there originally, and then you go to the earth plane to live your life. You finish your life, then you come back through the tunnel. And again, like I mentioned, a lot of people just don't remember that. And that's what the orientators do. So everyone does that. Well, at the end of that orientation period, when you walk down this garden, this is where you meet all the people that have come before you, whether it was loved ones, friends, children, parents, grandparents, everyone is there to meet you. That's how that works. That part of that works that way. Mm-hmm. So that's what I saw for the first the first building. The second building I saw was it looked like a Roman architecture. Like um, I don't know if you've ever if you've ever heard of the Pantheon building. Yes, I've been there. As a matter of fact. Oh no, kidding! So <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. The Pantheon is the one that has the round, domed cathedral on top. Yes, perfect, perfect acoustics inside. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've never been there, but I would love to go there. It's beautiful. Well, this building, it looked like the Pantheon. And what I was told was this is the place that we go to plan our lifetime. And we go with our guides. And we go here to plan every specific aspect of our lives, down to even minute details about who we're going to have as our parents, who is going to be, or, or what are we going to do for a career? Are we going to have kids? Are we going to go to college? Are we going to be a, um, uh, you know, a male or a female because we can choose? And it's, and it's called, it looks just like the Pantheon. Anyway, I was in there, and every one of us writes out our lives on scrolls like paper scrolls or parchment scrolls. Mm. And I was able to see two of my scrolls on this table. One was in a blue ribbon, and the other one was in a red ribbon. And I went to open up the blue one to see what it looked like, and it was actually written out in black lettering, in calligraphy, in the kind of calligraphy writing. But I could not understand it. And, and as soon as I began to read it, it folded up like I wasn't hmm. supposed to see it. Because if I had seen what was on those scrolls, it would interfere with the test that I had set up for myself. Because every one of us who has a lifetime charts certain tests for ourselves. And there's a reason. Our lifetimes just aren't random. There are specific reasons why we come in. Maybe it's because we want to become a better parent or we want to learn how to love more or be empathetic towards people. So there's all these different reasons why we come into life, and those reasons are put on those scrolls. Now, not every single detail about, you know, if you're going to go play golf one day or if you're going to go to a certain restaurant, those kinds of details aren't planned. But the major life events are planned. Career, yes. family, um, college, um all those different types of things are all planned for ahead of time. So that was what was called the what I called the Pantheon building. And it was just amazing to see, oh, I forgot to mention, there was a huge front window that was outside of this Pantheon building. And when you looked out that window, there was a huge, beautiful lake 
just like a lake you'd see in, in Colorado when those pictures when it was just absolutely beautiful. And there was a giant weeping willow tree outside. Mm. And, I, and as I looked out, I could see people walking by. Well, as they were walking by, they were wearing robes and, and some kind of, of or like robes or sashes, something like that. And I asked, why are people wearing these robes? And the voice said that they're wearing the robes because they're the most comfortable. Although people can wear anything they want, like jeans, it's the robes that are the most comfortable for people. And I, I thought that was really, really fascinating. Mm-hmm. So that was the Pantheon building where everyone goes to plan their lives, and they also plan their passing. People do plan when they're going to come back to the other side, and that's also part of their chart. And they plan it, whether it's going to be old age, whether it's going to be from cancer, it's, it's, it's how they actually plan how they're going to pass. So all of that is done ahead of time. The next building that I saw they took me to was what looked like the Temple of Artemis. There's a, a temple, I believe it's in Greece, and it's absolutely beautiful. It's got all the columns around this whole rectangular building, and it's, it's, it looks like the Parthenon, but mm-hmm. without damage. It was absolutely gorgeous, and I, I didn't know what it was from looking at it from the outside. But then somehow I was taken inside the building, and then I could tell that it was a library. It's an absolutely beautiful, incredible library. It looked like a library that you would find in, in Harry Potter. It was four or five stories high, it looked almost like the same kind of library that they featured in that movie with Robin Williams. Um, I know I forget what it was called, but there was a movie that he made about the other side. Oh, it was called What Dreams May Come. My son built uh, part of the set for that movie, as a matter of fact. Did he really? Yep. Oh, that's fascinating. <laughs> how, what a small world, how interesting that is. <laughs> anyway, it, it looked kind of like look kind of like that and in, in 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 this library it was almost like it was so large you could not see the end of it and it was almost as if you could describe it you would describe this as god's memory or god's mind because everything was in there and if you wanted to go anywhere to look at any particular subject all you had to do was think about it and as you thought about it, you were instantly transported to that section of the library for the information you were looking for. Well, off to the sides of the library, there were these rooms. They were probably about 10 feet by 12 feet um, in terms of how large they were. And as I was standing there, there was a woman who was sitting down. She was watching something. She had her back to me. She had long dark black, jet black hair down to her waist. And she was sitting in this room, and it looked like she was watching some kind of a video screen or a a TV screen that she was watching. And I couldn't see what it was. But I thought, how odd, wherever I am, I am watching this woman watching a video screen for some reason. And I had no idea what was going on. But the voice said, get closer. So as I got closer... I could see that she was watching a battle that had taken place a couple of hundred years ago between the U.S. cavalry and the Native American Indians. 
Mm. And it was a, it, and apparently it was a real historical battle. So I was thinking to myself, how in the world can this can this girl be watching something that happened historically? Because we didn't have any video cameras or even any way to record something like that back then. And the voice told me everything is recorded. So in the library, everything about our lives is stored there. And in these rooms, what was so interesting is you don't have to just watch history. You can actually go in and see what it was like for yourself. I've always been fascinated with World War II, and I always thought if there was any way I could go look at a piece of history, it would be to go look at what the Normandy invasion was like on D-Day mm. and see what that was like. Well, I found out from this experience that you can do that. You had, all you need to do was put in like a, I don't know if it's a video chip or, or what it was that she used, but she put something into this machine that allowed her to see history. But then mm. also what you can do is you can walk into history and you can actually walk in and see it, feel it, touch it, smell it. You don't interfere with it because it's, it's in the past. But if you love history, you can go in and look and see history for yourself in any period of history at all. That's what made it so unbelievably fascinating. Wow. Uh, let's see, what else can I tell you? There's some other things in here, too. Oh, oh it was called, they call them the viewing rooms. That's mm -hmm. what they're called. They call them viewing rooms. So that was that building. The next one I was taken to, it looked like a castle just like the castle that you would see built in in England or France, all the castles that are built there. And there was a drawbridge, and the, and the voice said, go across the drawbridge. So I went across the drawbridge, and I walked into this castle, and it was absolutely stunning the way it looked. There were pictures or paintings on the walls, and they were paintings and pictures of people that had had lifetimes back then. And you could look at kings or queens or any kind of people that had lifetimes back then. They were, um, and you could see exactly what they were wearing. And in front of each picture or painting, there was a podium. And in front of the podium, or on top of the podium was a book. Like if you open up the Bible and leave the Bible down on a podium, that's what it looked like. Yes. And I and I found out that what it was, it was a book about their lives. So if you wanted to learn about who this king or queen or prince or princess was back then, you could read about them on this book. It was like walking into a museum. And they had these mm. all over the place. They were there for different time periods in history. And so I was looking at this person's at this person's book and it had not only what they did with their lives but it had actual conversations that they had had with other people it had their feelings it had their experiences on these books it was just fascinating hmm. and then something happened next that totally that totally threw me off and even to this day I still get upset with myself but I was, as I was standing there 
just looking around, looking at these different people's books and their paintings, there was a big stairwell off to the right. This woman started walking down the stairwell, and she was wearing a red kind of robe with a golden sash. And the strangest thing was she said, Hi there, is there anything I can help you find today? And I think I must have just been completely frozen because instead of saying, oh my gosh, yes, tell me where am I, what's happening, who are you, where am I, what is going on, I said, just what people say when they walk into a store. I said, oh, no thank you, I'm just looking. And I kicked <laughs> myself for saying that. Nobody says that. Who would say that if they're having this kind of an experience? No, I'm just looking. So that was I was so embarrassed about that. So anyway... That one ended after that, and I found out that, and this is something that's absolutely fascinating, this girl worked there. That was her job, but it wasn't a job that she had to go to to earn money because over there, the economics of things are all different. You go to work because you love to do something. You go pursue something because you love it. You might want to study gardening or architecture or carpentry or cooking, anything, and you do mm-hmm. it because you love it. And this girl, she was doing this because she just loved that period of history. And she was what we would call a, a professor of that particular era of history. So if you walked in and you wanted to look at the life of a king or a queen, let's say you just wanted to take some time and play tourist for a while, you could walk in and talk to someone like her or read about them on the book. It was just absolutely fascinating. The next thing that happened is I was taken out of that room and then I was taken to a building that was round. And when I went on the inside, it looked like a planetarium. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, do a, ever been to a planetarium before? Oh, yes. The Hayden Planetarium is one of my favorites Okay, in New York. Okay. Yeah, I have not seen that one, but I've, I've heard about it. When you walk in, it's a round building and there's seats. And there must have been a thousand chairs in this planetarium. So anyway, I heard the voice say, okay, you may begin. So the lights went out, and I just sat down because I didn't know what else to do. I just sat down, and it went dark, and there was another voice behind me that was kind of controlling the planetarium. And the voice said, when you look at the stars, this is what you see. And that was meaning me and everybody on the earth. When we look up at the stars, this is what we see. And it started showing all of our planets in our solar system. Jupiter, Neptune, um, Uranus, Mars, Saturn, all of our planets showed up. And then our galaxy showed up. Then it said, when we look at the stars, meaning all the people on the other side and everywhere else, this is what we see. And it went blank, and then all these different planets began showing up. Yellow planets, blue, green, brown, red planets. First it was hundreds, then it became thousands of planets started coming through, and then different galaxies. And the voice said, you have, or the voice said, there is far more life in the universe than you can possibly realize. And I thought, oh my gosh, there is just absolute beauty in 
looking at all of these different galaxies and all of these different stars. They're just beautiful. Mm. So that one, so that ended. The next building I went to was like a life review building. You know when people say when they had a near-death experience that they that they had a um, a life review? Or yes. Or they had a life review? That's what this was. And it was also round inside like a theater, but the theater didn't have any seats. It was just round. And there were, there were, um, uh, what do you call it when they project the screen onto a, like a, oh, it's like it's, I guess it's a movie screen. It was like a movie screen in a big circular fashion. Mm-hmm. Three, it, the 360 screen. Yeah. It goes exactly. all around you. Yes, 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 that's exactly what I was trying to explain. You got a 360 screen. Yeah, completely. And on that screen, it started to show all the different aspects of my life from when I was a child, when I was growing up as an infant, a toddler, an adolescent, all the way through to the present moment. And I could look at any point and see the different aspects of my life on this 360 panoramic screen. Mm. It was incredible. The next thing that they showed me were these fields, and these fields were absolutely beautiful. They were green fields, and they were athletic fields. For miles and miles, you could see just athletic fields where you could play any kind of sport you wanted to play, whether it was football or baseball or tennis or golf or anything you wanted to play. They had these beautiful, enormous, gorgeous fields. And you could play all day if you wanted to play a sport all day because you never got tired. We don't we don't have lungs, official lungs over there. We just have our energy bodies. They look mm-hmm. almost like our bodies do now, except they just don't have any organs. So we never get tired. And I thought that was amazing because I used to love playing sports. And I can't get I can't wait to get back just for that. <laughs> here's a here's something else that I saw. All of our animals are there. Any animal that you have ever loved is there, even even a fish. If you've loved a fish, the fish is there. Mostly what I saw were cats and dogs and, and horses and other animals like that, and they were playing together. They were in big fields where they played together. And when you, when you cross and finish your life, you go back and you can take them with you to wherever you want to go. So that was absolutely amazing. Yes. I'm racing here. I just have – do I have time for two more? Yes, go ahead. Oh, okay, good. The other thing that I saw was there was another building that looked very much like the Life Review building, but it was a different building in the sense that there was one movie screen. Again, it was a round building, and this building was the one that you could see past lifetimes in. And at the time, when I had this experience, I didn't even know if past lifetimes were real. But after I had this experience, I knew that they were. So what it was is they would start this film, and the first thing that I saw was that I was a monk. I was a monk in a lifetime with a shaved head, and I was wearing a red robe. And I was a teacher, and I taught little kids who lived in the monastery. And it was somewhere in Asia. And it didn't look anything like me, but I knew this was me from a past lifetime. 
the next one they showed me was a lifetime that I'd had somewhere in Russia on that continent, and I was a shoe peddler, and I would actually have a wheelbarrow, and my job was to actually fix people's shoes that they wore back then, and I would I would pull or pedal them around in this wheelbarrow and drop them off to people that had their shoes fixed. So wow. I, thought that, I thought that was really, really detailed that, and... and that, then, that's very neat. We are running short on time, John, and I, I did okay. want you to talk, talk about the man in the white robe. I'll get to that. I'll do that one right now. The okay. very last episode of this whole event was if I was put into a field, and it was absolutely a beautiful field with flowers and green grass and the most beautiful fields you could possibly imagine. And a man walked up to me. He was probably in his 30s, although I couldn't see his face very well because he was full of white light. The only thing I could see were his hands and his feet. And I could see that he was wearing a a white robe with a golden color sash, and he had golden sandals on. And he spoke to me. He raised his arms, and he said, You must tell them there is no death. And at that point, I thought, this has to be Jesus, because he didn't look at all like anybody else before in my experience because of the white light that he had or the energy that he had. And I had never really believed very much about Jesus. I guess I was more of an agnostic than anything else. I didn't think that it wasn't there, but I also didn't have any proof that it was true. Well, after this experience, I had absolute belief that Jesus is real. And the whole purpose of this experience was for me to tell people, anytime I get the opportunity, to tell people that there is no death, that no one ever dies, that the other side is full of love and life and peace and incredible joy, especially when we're there with our loved ones. And we pursue the things that we love to pursue and that there's no reason to let life get you so down and so depressing or have so much anxiety and worry and fear about losing others when it's time for them to cross because there'll be a time for all of us to cross and that we'll all be reunited again. Well, John, thank you so much. We are out of time, but uh, this has given you the opportunity and all of us to hear a message that you were you were meant to deliver. So, Tell our audience how they might get in touch with you if they wanted to. Absolutely. There's two ways. They can do my email, which is J and C Davis, then the number four, at msn.com. So J and C Davis four, the number four, at msn.com. And then my Facebook page, which is just John J. Davis. John J. Davis, Facebook. Thank you, John. Lee, thank listen, you so much for having me on. Oh, you're very welcome. And if anyone would like to uh, listen to this show again or any of our past shows, just go to our website at nderadio.org and hit the Past Shows button. For more information about IANS and their upcoming annual conference near Seattle, Washington, go to their website, iands.org, and join us again next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.